below and welcome to episode 389 of the Rollins Slappy Show today. Well, we're going to be releasing this on Christmas Day. Merry uh, Christmas, everyone. Yeah, Merry Christmas. We are going to we're recording a few days early, um, but um, hey, the show must go on and not even in a Calvary-esque streak going. Oh, yeah. No days um, off around here. So I will, I mean, I guess we'll talk Well, the next episode after that will be the New Year's episode. Um, oh, yeah. New Year's Day. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we'll talk about, you know, what Santa Claus brought you on that episode. But mm-hmm. um, any, uh, what's your Christmas plan, Slappy? Um, I mean, we stay like family-wise. We stay low. We'll go to mass Christmas morning, um, and then this year. See, we typically go to my parents early in the day, and then my wife's parents later in the day. Mm-hmm. But this year, we're just going to my side of the family, as my wife's side. As we get older, all have kids, family kind of does their own thing. So we go to go to my in-laws on Christmas Eve, and then my parents on Christmas Day, which we all live relatively close. No travel, no uh, no long drives, um, you know. So pretty pretty easy Christmas, I think. But uh, I'll check back in next week to tell you how easy it was how about you what you got going on uh i'm hosting christmas at my at my house for my mm. family oh okay i was gonna say i've been checking the mail i haven't gotten that yeah you, you didn't get yeah you were not invited you didn't make the cut <laughs> uh but no nah, it'll be nice i mean it's gonna be i've i think i've hosted christmas the last two or three years but this will this will have been the last the second or third time I've done. I think it's been three. I don't know. Uh, but I do the uh, cooking the Polish food, so that right. uh, that will begin in force tomorrow. Uh, I have a ham from the pig well, that I got. Oh, uh, good, good is, call. We were just talking about ham today and thinking about defrosting one of them. <laughs> well, it's already defrosted and it is currently curing. All right. And then it will be smoked on uh, Christmas Eve. <laughs> That's my Christmas Eve plan, basically. Very good. It's smoking a ham and doing a bunch of cooking. Uh, also, I have a second ham uh, that is hanging out in the fridge. Uh, I am going to turn that into a brzeut is the plan. I'm getting a re- old refrigerator for my brother, and I will be turning that into a... Uh, a uh, drying chamber. So you hook up a. What do you do with that? Just put a ton of salt on it. Uh, so that's the initial cure is that you salt it and press it. So yeah. you, yeah, you put a ton of salt on it and um, throw a weight on top and keep it in the refrigerator for yeah, like, like a week or two. Yeah. Flatter and then, reference. then you, um, you coat it in lard Okay. And hang it in a uh, controlled 55 degrees, about 80% humidity. Yeah. Uh, for basically a year. 
Well, it's delicious when it's done. Yes. So this will also, since I'm making this chamber, it's going to also give me the opportunity to make like stuff like salamis and other, other dried sausages and, uh, yeah, and even, che- even cheeses too. There you go. So it'll, it'll be more, more things for me to make homemade. Uh, yeah, my daughter made some butter and, oh, uh, nice. Yeah. And so she's like, she wants to teach everyone how to do it. <laughs> That's great. So, uh, well, our, uh, our pig and cow guy, uh, also now has a, uh, has a dairy cow. So I might some, have some raw milk. Yeah. Which would be useful for the cheese making. Absolutely. In fact, I mean, if you can put an order in for me, I'll take some. I don't know if that's possible. What cheese or milk? Milk. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the. Uh, yeah, I don't know what his deal is. Or how how much milk do you get? How how many cows does he have? I think it's just the one. Just one. Right. So how now, much milk yeah. do you get a day out of a cow? Do you have any idea? I don't know. But um. Yeah, I, I he it's uh. Well, keep me in the oh, loop. I will. Um. He has agreed to uh, send over his uh, suet from his cow mm. when I tell him I'm ready to do my uh, tallow rendering. Mm-hmm. Which I'm looking forward to. Did you get suet with your cow? I don't believe I did. Oh, no, I, I absolutely did. Ah, uh, nice. Yes. So. Um, I know I did. I know I saw that. Yeah, got it's a little bit of a. Uh, renderings down in there mm-hmm. it'd be good got our uh got our soup bones too yep so those all the other delicious things what i didn't ask for i forgot again this year um we didn't get the tripe no what did they do with that uh, i assume they sell it or do something with it i mean they don't you don't waste anything i know well why wouldn't they include it because if you don't i think there's a lot of stuff that like most people i don't think are asking for the suet probably not most people are just asking for the meat um and so i think that they just kind of that's the deal unless you ask for certain things like you're not getting it awful or awful Uh, how do you pronounce that awful or awful 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 i don't know I say so awful, you, but I don't know. Yeah, unless you ask for that kind of stuff. We got it. Uh, so this year, we, I was rushed. Were you? I was. <laughs> and so next time, because there will be a next time, we're going to have to remember that. Like, Yeah, I have to take notes. notes. Like I have to write notes down there. for like what I want to do. It's, it's, it's a learning experience each time you do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to go, um, speaking of learning, steaks are fantastic. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with an even thicker cut next year or next time. What was your thickness this year? Uh, three quarters. Ah, but I did three quarters because I want to feed my family, you know, and it goes farther. Like, you know, you don't get more meat 
Yeah, the more the more you slice it up, the more meat you get. (laughs) Yeah. No, but you know, you defrost a pack and then eat it. Like if I defrost ten packs, I'll eat ten packs. I eat whatever I defrost. So Slappy, if I uh, if we had two pizzas and they sliced mine in half, Uh and they sliced yours in eights, I would have. And I had one one slice of mine, and you had three. You would have eaten more pizza than me. Yes, I'd have had three slices to your one. Yes. All right. Um, so that's how that works. So I actually got more beef than you did. Ah, dang it. Yeah, uh, you got you got double because I got mine inch and a half thick. Yeah, that's that sounds delicious. Like that would be ideal. But here's the thing. My kids like the ground beef the kids eat. We use that. So I think next time I'll probably get even more ground beef. Mm-hmm. And I'll make I mean, the steaks are basically mine and my wife. So I can go with a thicker cut on that. Yeah, now that I until bought, my kids wisen up and start liking steak. Oh well, yeah, it's already. It took a while for me to like steak growing up, but then then again, every time we had steak, it was always London broil. That Same. Was, that was blasted in the yep. broiler until it mm-hmm. was uh, very dry. The, yes. Yeah, mine was very well done when I was a kid. Yep. Um, um, so it, it took me a long time to really appreciate steak. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, did, have you noticed with your steaks when you cook them that these tend to get like a nicer crust than otherwise? Um, I mean, I did notice a very nice crust and the the fat just tastes fantastic on the, on the sides of it. Yes. Um, it tastes yeah, really that- good. So it does, it, yeah. Um, I was telling telling our guy the other day about the crust because I I I've done a ribeye and a porterhouse so far. Ribeye on the charcoal. I did a ribeye. Yeah. Yeah, porterhouse on the uh, on the stove. Mm. And I I did it the normal way. I defrosted it the day before, and then mm-hmm. the night before I put it in the refrigerator on a mm-hmm. on the rack to dry it out. Salt and pepper, you know, throw it on a, and um, these came out with just like a nicer crust mm. on the outside. Um, and our guy said that it was probably because the way this butcher, I think they have a 21 day aging, dry aging for stuff. Uh, yeah. I mean, don't probably. think a lot of butchers do it as long or the way that they do. He said, he was saying they do it a little bit differently than, than others, so that, that might account for it. But for those that don't know, we, we just got our new cow, split our cow from a, a co-worker who raised our pigs for us, too. And this breed was half Wagyu. So, like, the, the raw meat is almost, like, purple. Yeah, and it's, it's so beautifully marbled. So and obviously yeah, we it's had, not... Uh... It's not like for like comparing our previous cow. I have no idea what breed that was. Yeah. Um, but when we got that, it was it was our reaction. Like, holy smokes, this is incredible. I've never had, you know, beef like this before. And I'm having the same reaction with this new cow. So it's like whenever I talk about it, it's like, oh, this is so much better than the other one. It's not like a, a knock on the previous one. It's just... Um. Yeah, I don't know. The bet, my favorite steak is the one I'm eating pretty much. Yeah. Um, although I will say when I go out, which is rare these days, um, 
But I I won't really order steak in restaurants anymore because I'm spoiled with the steak I have at home. Yeah. Um. And we did have company over last weekend, and I grilled up some of the steaks. I think it was last week. It might have been two weekends ago. The other thing I noticed too, uh, the porterhouse, just the meat, both the strip and the uh, and the fillet came just right off the bone. Mm-hmm. Well, I haven't had a porterhouse yet, um, but the the now you you never know when what you know if people are just being really polite, but they seem genuine, and couldn't believe that all I did was put salt on. They're like, "This is so good. The steak is mm-hmm. really good." But yeah, yep. it's just salt, salt on the on the grill. Oh yeah, um, that's what a good piece of meat and fire will do. Yeah. Uh, wasn't gonna say about it too. Uh, also, this was a. I've been I've been talking to people about this. It's funny because I I. Our first cow was grass fed, grass finished. This one we have now is grass fed and grain finished. And as far as I was aware that as far as how you finish the cow, it's just kind of like a matter of personal preference. Um, feeding a cow grain at the end isn't necessarily going to, you know, affect the too much of the, um, the nutrition and whatnot. It'll, you know, you feed it grain typically to increase the marbling a little bit, make it a little fattier, but, um, I was telling some people, I'm like, oh, I can't believe you got a grain finished. It's like, well, it wasn't my choice, but I wanted to see what the difference is, and I don't think it's really that big of a deal. Also, your grass-fed and finished cow is eating whatever it's eating in the field. You know? <laughs> I mean, I don't, like, get – in my experience, you can't really go wrong. I'm not going to – I don't – I think it would be hard to sit here and be like, one is clearly better than the other. What I would love oh, to I do – Oh, I think – well, I th- – I thought that our previous, the grass finished cow had the fat tasted a little bit like grass. It wasn't bad. I'm not complaining about it. It was just, you could taste it a little bit. Well, I would like, this is what I would like to do is have them side by side. Right. And then I could clearly taste the difference. Same cut, a little different. Mm Mm-hmm. So next time, so maybe I'll save a couple. No, see, I don't know. I don't know. I guess it'll depend on how what we do next. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping he uh, gets his hands on a couple more. Yeah, if he does, that's great. Otherwise, we go back to the other farm or find another one. Yeah, he was saying that it was like, yeah, I don't know. He's like, this is, it's going to be a problem because he wasn't sure it was going to happen again. And he's like, I might, I might have set the bar too high. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say, was it like, um, what did what, what did he think about raising them? Was it pretty simple? You put them out in the field, or was it expensive? Was it what? What do you think? Um, he, I mean, he has the land for it, mm-hmm. and it didn't seem like it was that big of a deal. It sounds like the the, the hogs are a lot, a lot more uh, maintenance, more hands on. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and they like went through feed like you wouldn't believe. He was saying eating like pigs. Yeah, but I mean, you—I mean, you know what we spent on it, and compared yeah. to what we did before, you know, it costs more per pound, but we're getting a much higher quality 
cow. Um, also, our dollars are worth less. Yes. And he is a one-person operation that raised two cows for the first time, so his costs are just going to be higher. Yeah. Yep. But it wasn't, like, all things considered, it wasn't that big of a difference. No, it wasn't. Uh, in price. It so, was, I mean, it was it was a difference, but it wasn't, it really wasn't noticeable. Right. I mean, yeah. it was, but it's not like, it's not like this time I'm thinking, whoa, can't believe I did that. All right, well, I'm in, I might as well, you know, it was just like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, we should see what the, uh, if it, if the cost depreciated in terms of Bitcoin. Because we paid for it in in April of 2021. Is it 2021? Uh, two. No. Yeah, it was, was 2020. It? Yes. Yeah, I guess it was. Yeah, because mine, it's, yeah. Because I remember I was kind of nervous because I was like, man, I was assuming that it was going to, we we're going to get the this cow the same time of the year is the other one. So when you said it was, wasn't going to be till later in the fall, I was like, okay, good. Cause I still have work to do. Mm-hmm. But, and you mentioned the ground beef. Now that I have my uh, meat grinder attachment for my tomato mill, which I finally used it to make some sausage. It, uh, yeah, I am not intimidated at all by about running my own meat. And if I have this uh, drying chamber, any leftover stuff, not leftover, but like, you know, getting towards the end and, and I got to restock the freezer with a new hog or, or you know, new half a cow. I can uh, go to town making some sausage or some brisket or something. Yeah. Good, I will good have call. the facilities. Yeah. I want to make a big smokehouse, too. That'd be cool. Now, what are we going to do? About the pig, the next pig. What do you mean? Does your guy, is he like continuing to raise pigs? Oh, yeah. Like, does he yeah. always have pigs? Yeah, and he said he's going to get even more this year, I think. All right, cool. Well, Because everyone's, know. everyone now wants it. Like, everyone at work wants in, basically. I was going to say, make, to... Sure you, make sure you grab me one, because oh, we yeah. go through the pork. The kids love the pork. They eat the pork chop. They eat it all. Yeah. I love the pork, too. I mean, we've ripped through it. The ham so, is so good. It's all good. Yes. Um, yeah, I had to fight off another coworker for for the cow. Because when he found work. out, he was he had gotten half a pig before and he found it. He's like, oh, I went in on that. And I get, our guy's like, well, you, you got to talk to Rollo because he's, he's like, I'm keeping a cow. And Rollo's splitting the other cow with his friend. So. And I was just kind of like. I know this might seem like I'm being mean, but I'm 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 just not sharing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I sorry. <laughs> I had some people want some meat and it was just and I thought about it and then I thought about mm, nah. Well, it's funny cuz it's it's you know I I talk about it all the time. It's it's I love it. It's great. And uh people when I said like, "Oh, yeah, well, he, he had two cows and he kept one and gave the other one to me and my buddy he goes oh i guess you're on the uh i guess he really likes you or something and i'm like well it's it's because we're like there to be like you're doing it we're buying it yeah 
We're not the uh, well. Well, maybe. maybe. How much? I got to think about maybe. Well, maybe when it's like about time to send it to the butcher, we can do it. No, it's like guaranteed. I'm in. You're getting like giving me a little bit of wind that you're thinking about it. I'm in. If you like, let's do it. I'm in. (laughs) And so that's how you create those relationships. Yeah, and you know what? That you can shake your hand. It's, um, you know, it's not cheap, but it is when you think of the quantity, you know, and the quality. So when I go to the nutrition, yeah, when you go to the supermarket, the price is even lower than whatever they just have on the shelf. But then you look at their like high quality beef. I don't know, you know, the grass fed, whatever, organic. It's like 25, 30 bucks a pound. Mm-hmm. For certain steaks, and we got it for like seven. Yep, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good deal. And we're gonna—I mean, I know you'll go through it, but we'll go through it. And we need it. We need to eat anyway. Mm-hmm. Might as well put the upfront cost, get all this stuff, and now we have dinner whenever we need it. Yes. So there are. Uh, we 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 weren't planning on talking about this the whole episode, but <laughs> I think that going and getting. A whole, a half a pig, half a cow, what, you know, whatever. But, like, buying in bulk. It is one of the best decisions I ever did. I always, like, heard about it and thought, oh, mm-hmm. that'd be cool and everything. But, um, yeah, obviously, you got to store it. And you got upfront costs. And screw it. I don't care. We can talk about pricing to help people out. Sure. Um, I think that first cow that we did, it was, like, 15 or 1600 bucks a piece for each half yeah it was about it was just over three grand for the whole yeah and i needed a place to put it so i spent a thousand dollars on a 21 cubic foot upright freezer that i bought a 17 cubic foot so yeah but anyway but it was like 650 or something a pound yeah and so it was you know i i had to put a bunch of money up front for all of that but like as far as the the meat i was the the meat paid for the the freezer if you will yeah it was really i mean see i guess the what like i said the meat is cheaper than what you get at the supermarket. Now, if I wasn't buying this cow and I was buying ground beef or buying steaks here and there, I wouldn't be buying the top shelf stuff. Typically. Right. Unless I was having like company or something. Yeah. But uh, that that like that comes at a cost, not yes. just with the, yes. the, the price the, of it, but correct. the nutrition yep. and, and the, the quality of it. And just the taste. I mean it's yes. it is like I'm not a foodie. You know, I don't, I love food and I'm learning more about food and I like to cook it and all that, but I'm not like, you know, some kind of expert on, but it is a very, it's so noticeable. There's such a clear difference. It's not even close. Just looking at it. Yes. So uh, I heard a lot of the times at the food stores too, they like add that red color to the steaks too. I have heard that as well. Um, the real stark contrast difference for me was when we got the pigs with like the pork chops and the and the shoulders and everything. 
is that a lot of times you go to the store and the pork chops are like beige, mm-hmm. kind of like the color of your skin. And then we got these pork chops and look like the steaks in the supermarket. Mm-hmm. They're like a beautiful deep red. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the most telling thing for me was there was one time I was at the grocery store and uh, I was just shopping for other stuff and i went by the meat counter i saw they had they had bone-in ribeyes for like they're trying to get rid of they're real cheap and so i was like you know what i don't have anything defrosted um this steak looks wonderful let me uh you know just go and buy it and grill it up so i bought it uh took it home threw it on the grill and like i grilled it absolutely perfectly Cut it open. It was beautiful. Took a bite, and it tasted like nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's when I really realized that, like, oh. I did the same. And, and this was this was the steak behind the counter. This wasn't like it was wrapped up. Wrapped the, up on the know. on the shelf. Yeah. I did the uh, same thing, same exact thing, and I I ate it and was so I thought it was going to be like, hey, at least it's a steak. It might not be as good, but it's still good it was just wasn't yeah it, it tasted like nothing um and then so yeah you get much better taste the nutrition is so much better because these cows aren't getting injected with antibiotics because they're feeding them crayons and skittles that's the other thing i want to say about like the, the grass fed grass finished versus grain finished it's like if you're um if you don't have to inject your cows with antibiotics to make them hungry so that they eat and get fat, then I think you're, it's probably overall okay. Yeah. Like the nutritional value. And then the other thing was just like, you get a couple hundred pounds of meat in your house that you just pull when, when you need to cook something, you pull it out of your freezer. Mm-hmm. And you defrost it and you cook it. You don't have to like worry about going to this. Like, I don't have to go to the store to eat. And so, it's great, especially like, I mean, I think when I say especially, but in my situation, it's like, uh, you know, tomorrow's Saturday. Um, we got five kids. We'll be doing whatever we're doing. And then, like, you know, we can just decide <laughs> to have steak that night. You know, mm-hmm. like just pull out some steaks and we'll just grill some steaks, and it's there. Yeah. And we don't have to run to the store. We don't have to eat whatever's in our cabin. Like we, we, I mean, we are eating whatever's in our cabinets because we have it. Right. But it's uh, what was I gonna say? But well, it's just it's it's just nice too because it's like if you know we're not we we kind of make fun of the prepper type people sometimes but there is a point to being like having some peace of mind that you know i've got i got food i've got enough food to last me a long time yeah if the apocalypse does happen you know i am pretty well set uh or if there's something not the you know the apocalypse is obviously an exaggeration but you know it's not Especially with the way that the money printer's going, and just the way the f- whole fiat world is, with everything seeming like it's like slowly crumbling and falling apart. We've talked about this before. It's not that like 
beef won't be available at all. Um, you're going to be able to go to the store and buy it, but it's going to be really expensive. Mm -hmm. Prices of stuff are going to go up. So even though I had to spend some, you know, more money up front on the, on all this meat, I have good access to it. And yeah, hopefully I'm not, these freezers last a long time and never have to buy another one. Yeah. Well, that's why I spent like money on it. Yeah. Because I had a freezer die on me. I bought a cheap one and it died and I lost. I didn't have that much in it, but it was a pain in the butt. Sure. It was disgusting taking stuff out. Um, when did that happen? Uh, it was like five years ago. Oh. It was just a little little chest freezer. Gotcha. Yeah, that was a fun. So <laughs> here's why you don't spend 100 bucks on a freezer off Amazon, people. So I have this little chest freezer in my basement, and there was one morning I was going down there because I would cook food and, like, you know, throw it in the freezer. Um, and so I was going down there to get get a tub of something to bring to work for lunch. And I guess I hadn't been down there in a while and hadn't opened the freezer in a while. But that morning I opened the freezer up and just got punched in the face with yeah, a horrific knew it stench. Right away. Yeah, and then it was like, oh, it, this is done. So I just closed the lid and said, I'm not dealing with this right now. So I went to work. And I, when I came home from work, I brought my uh, half-faced respirator with me. Yeah. And uh, cleared it out. Got some rubber gloves on Ugh. and uh, put the respirator on, got a big trash bag and started grabbing stuff and throwing it in. Also, because this was a cheap freezer, the bottom, the lining of it was not like a shell. Was it leaking on the floor? So it leaked through the line. So that so it was a shell, like the plat, you know. The, okay. Um, but like that insulation stuff inside, mm -hmm. that layer on the inside, it was like a square piece that fit um, in the bottom and what like wasn't sealed off. So all like the junk got Saturated. in, uh, yeah, in in that. And I guess I didn't realize it. I was like tipping it over to kind of see what was going on. And it started like leaking out on the floor a little bit. And then the cats like over there. They're like, oh, what's this? I like, I look what's going on. But um, the really the worst thing about it was. Um, was that there was one time I had bought uh, a nice big. Uh, big filet catfish. And I brought it home. And when I went to cook it. I put my nose to it. I'm like, no, this doesn't smell right. And so I'm like, you know what? I, it's not worth the risk. Um, let me. Uh, I haven't had catfish in a long time. I love catfish. And I, I said, love you know it too. What? I just haven't had it. I'm like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to cook this. And so instead of just like throwing it in the trash and mm. having it be disgusting, or throwing it in the outside trash and having it be disgusting out there and attracting all sorts of varmint and everything to my trash cans. 
Um, I wrapped it up and put it in the freezer so that uh, Sunday night I would put it out in the trash can because trash collection was mm-hmm. the next day. That's a great plan. So you forget that you have it in there. And so that catfish, you, you know, from uh, Ghostbusters 2, that pink slime that goes mm-hmm. through the sewers, that's that was the exact color Ugh. and like consistency of what the catfish and everything else turned into. Yuck. So I fill everything up in a uh, in a big big black trash bag, and uh, this is one of those things where like I just kind of wish there was like a scene where I can only imagine what what people perhaps if they were looking up my driveway at my garage, the scene that they would have seen because I, I had to throw it outside in the trash can. And so you would have seen my garage door open and then me walk out wearing a respirator, rubber gloves and holding a very large trash bag, uh, full of a lot of heavy stuff. So I'm like kind of struggling with it and like stuffing it into uh, into my trash can. So it kind of had a uh, Breaking Bad type kind of feel mm-hmm. to it. Um, so that was my event with a uh, with a bad freezer. But yeah, I mean, I recommend we both. We are we are very bullish on the uh, buying buying whole animals and yes, having indeed. a supply of meat. And and you tell tell the butcher you know how you want it cut up and everything and and all that kind of good stuff. So there's some. I was there's a I have a young coworker and I would talk about it and I mentioned that I forget what I said. But he goes, oh, it's like cut up. I'm like, well, yeah. Right. Put it over. Put put the legs over your shoulder and carry it home. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's like all individually vacuum sealed and, and their own things. He goes, oh, I thought you had like a whole half cow in your freezer. I'm like, what? Well, what do you think I do? <laughs> like, oh, I, I want to have a steak. Let me go like to get my machete off. and <laughs> right, rock hard frozen, you know. But you know, people don't know, and I educated him on it. But yeah, it's 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 a wonderful thing. So, all right, we've we've uh, yeah, go get some beef. Yep, or pork. So now that we're thirty-five minutes in, mm-hmm. let's get on our uh, actual topic. Sure. The Philadelphia Flyers. No. <laughs> yeah, fly. Uh, what's the score? Five I, four. I Seriously? Yeah, Hathaway scored on another deflection right. from the point. Yeah, Flyers went down five to one. In the first period, it was ugly, and they uh, scored two in the second. Just scored one in the third, and uh, we we'll got see ourselves if they can again. Pot, yeah, see if they can pot another one, or if they just decide that you know they feel bad for the Red Wings and because the they did beat the Red Wings, it kind of shut them out and embarrassed them a little bit. Yes. Also, I have to hand it to the uh, to the NBC Sports Philly. Um, graphics crew because the things that they're putting up have been like absolutely insane on the broadcasts 
like pictures of uh did you see the one last night that they put up for Sam Harrison where it was the uh um the Uncle Sam I want you poster but they put uh-huh. Sam Harrison's face on it and it said I stop you I showed him <laughs> his stats they had another one where it was Carter Hart they called him like the heartthrob and had him in like a Christmas sweater uh, like look like a poster for a, a Christmas Hallmark movie okay <laughs> All right, I have, I'll have to pay closer attention. Uh, they're, they're just it's like wild and insane, and I and I love it. It's just so over the top. Um, it's great. Um, but anyway, Slappy, you uh you just announced a uh, pretty big uh, yeah big, big thing change. for you and your, yeah for you and your family. <laughs> yeah, so um, you are now a woman. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um. No, I just put it out there on Twitter today just because it, it felt good to be official. We we pulled our kids from school, and we're going to start homeschooling. Nice. Um, and so I figure we'll talk about it. I mean, I, it, it's kind of funny because I don't have a whole lot of advice to give because I haven't done it, you know? So it's kind of hard to um, say much about it. I don't know what the experience is like yet. But the decision process is not in – it's not something – <laughs> it's not something I think most people just do on a whim, you know? Right. Um, and so there's a lot of stress involved and a lot of thinking and a lot of um, planning. And then you're just like, all right, let's do it. Let's go. And then, and then get it done. So, um, I, you know, I can kind of talk about what we had to do. Cause, so well, I, think I think there's before a lot- that. I don't know how much details of everything you want to get into. Obviously, we've talked a lot about some of the background stuff. Sure. Um, and so I won't say any of that. I'll let you say what you want. Um, Just how we came to the decision to do this? Yeah, because I think that's a, I think that's an important aspect of it. And regardless of how, how much detail you want to get into it. But um, because, I mean, I think that is a even, – even just what you were doing before um, – was a big thing because we see how insane government schools are and and how much the government even if you send your kids to a private school even if it's a catholic like a parochial catholic school it's often like all the same curriculum that the public yeah, school yeah. has and it's it's very difficult to get out from under the thumb of what the state how they want to teach your kids which is to be you know people that fill out forms and, and people and people that don't actually think for themselves. Um, and, you know, it, it drives me crazy because it's like on Twitter, you, know, you see all these stuff about other oh, and it's not every we've talked about this before. I think it's not, you know, they show like, oh, this is a you, some book where it's it's like. Uh, explicitly like homosexual pornography yeah. that, that are in these books for kids and I think that's probably edge cases, at least um, that they're using that in day to day curriculum, not that that book just like is somewhere in their library because it got who knows what happened. Um, you know, I don't have kids of my own, but I've, you know, friends and family that send their kids to public schools and you know, pretty sure if if that stuff was getting taught in the classroom, you know. Yeah, these people wouldn't be be in those schools necessarily. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. 
But, you know, you see all this kind of stuff. You're like, oh, this is so terrible and everything. It's like, okay, well, if you think that this is so bad and your kid's in that environment, in, in a public school or a school like that, it's like everyone says they do anything for their kids. And not to say that I'm saying that there's necessarily you're you're wrong for not homeschooling or or doing something else. It's It's easy for me to say I don't have kids, but it's like, well. There are options out there, and and I, yeah, there are. You'll be able to talk about that better because you have kids. You've gone through this whole thing. Yeah, sure. So, um, I guess there's a there's a you know there's a couple things here because and and this is kind of weird to talk about because whenever you're talking about schooling, um, it's always this uh like you kind of like what you just mentioned. It's like Oh, I'm better than you or something or, or and that's not like that's not that's not what I'm trying to say here. Um one of our mutual friends who was actually a I think our first guest on this podcast way back when. Um I think it was our first guest, an early guest. But uh she introduced me to the work of John Talargato. And that was years ago. Long time ago. And so I was reading Gatto and learning about the history of schooling. And and then when when as you read, if you're not familiar with John Tyler Gatto, he was a public school teacher for almost 30 years in New York, won all kinds of awards, teacher of the year in New York City, teacher of the year in the state, was just, you know, one of those teachers. And then he retired and dedicated the rest of his life to uh, trying to get nobody to ever send their kids to public schooling. And he wrote several books, which I read several of them. And you start reflecting on your own school experience, and it starts making sense. And you're like, yeah, this is – and I didn't even go to public school. Um, I went to parochial school. But you see, it, you know, it's very similar in, in the style. And, you know, basically what John Gatto, John Taylor Gatto says, he, he says a lot, but um, it doesn't even matter who the teachers are or how much the teachers care because the format of schooling and the curriculum is really what the lesson is and so when that bell rings you drop your stuff and you move to the next class and it, no matter what you're working on is not important enough to to keep doing it's not important enough to finish it's um you know conditioning you to move when that bell rings uh and you know everything is, is toward the grade um you pass the test and you can forget it all, basically. And, you know, I did very well in school. But um, I, that just kind of resonated with me. Mm -hmm. So when our kids, when our oldest kid was getting close to school age, I mean, public school, this is even before, well, not, I mean, it was still going on back then. But like right now, it's such a big deal with the public schools over the last couple of years, especially since COVID. Um but there was never an option. I was never going to send my kids to public school. And that was, um, you know, you think about it in today's world, and I know there's a lot of people listening, because there's a lot of people who comment stuff on Twitter all the time, like, you can't, you can't live on one income. It's just not doable. And I am not, um, like, an executive. I don't make, if you saw my salary, you wouldn't fall out of your chair here i'm i do well i'm not like 
minimum wage, but I do well. Um, so I'm, not, I'm also not saying I have like you're, an well, entry level to, job either. They gave you that fully loaded uh, Ford Taurus, though. That's right. That's right. Um, that being said, if you if you get benefits from work, that's and you're you're making whatever you're making, add like thirty thousand dollars to it because the benefits are very expensive for a company to pay for. Oh yeah. Um. But uh, uh, anyway, um, we have five kids now. We had three in a little over three years. Uh, so when, when our first son was born, my, my wife worked a little, she made, you know, she did all right. She made some money and that was nice. But once we had the second and then the third, I mean, (laughs) sorry, flyers tied it. it. Did they really? Yeah. Well, that's really great. How much time's left? Uh, six 30. All right. I am paying attention to you slappy. Yeah. No, who scored? Uh, Lawton. All right. <laughs> well, that's pretty incredible because I turned this game off when it was 5-1. I mean, I didn't turn it off. I just put the kids to bed and didn't really have an interest in coming back and watching it. One, I was getting ready for the podcast, and two, they were down four goals. Yeah, so I have it on my phone, and I can – and I don't even have it at full screen on the phone because I'm trying to not fully be involved in the game. Yeah. I can't really see the puck. And so I thought the goalie had this covered up. He thought he had it covered up until I saw the Flyers jumping around. Trickled in. How about yeah. it? Well, that'd be great if they win this one. That, um, that would be great. Yeah. So anyway, we have three kids relatively quickly. And I mean, having someone watch them, we were fortunate. Um, one of my wife's aunts watches kids like she would watch like five kids I, call it daycare i don't know um yeah, i thought you should be like on the tv yeah 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 no so like my oldest too we went to her i mean it still costs money but it's not as crazy expensive as daycare was yeah um but once we had the third it was like yeah i've i've heard like people talk about because like like you said before there's a lot of families that need the dual income where they have it, and a lot of times, one of the parents, usually the the mother, stops working because by the time it's just daycare costs so much that it's you're not working even worth to pay it. for daycare. It's like yeah. you might as well raise your own kids. That's insane to me because they're going to be raised by much. who they spend the most time around. I mean, right. there's no yes. way around that. Like yeah. if you have two working parents and you have a nanny at home or you have daycare or you know you're in your your mom or your your parents your in-law whoever's watching that's who's raising your kid i mean you might if you work full-time you might get a couple hours a day with them Um, yeah and again it's 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 inflation so bad that there's going to be situations where like yeah it's unfortunate and you you do what you got to you do what you got to do yes you do what you have to do and you know when we when we had our first like of course you know ideally my wife would have stayed home but with one kid it made sense like we could use the money we could put some, you know whatever and and she was working so you know um i get it it's hard and with inflation it's tough um it's only going to get tougher but uh anyway fast forward we weren't going to go to to public school that just 
I really like the idea of homeschool. Like I said, I got into Gatto and I was reading a lot about schooling and I really just wanted to homeschool. But it's easy for me to say because I'm the one who's going to be working all day while my wife is with the kids, which of course is also work. But you know what I mean? She'll be the one doing the teaching. So she's not on board with it. Like you can't, that's not something you can force someone to do, you know, like you got, you got to have buy-in. And, uh, so we started looking around schools. We went to a local Catholic school, parochial school. The first thing they said when we walked in to visit was we're, we're just like, they named the school district. We're just like them, except we have religion. I'm like, well, (laughs) we don't want to go there. (laughs) And, uh, I remember my wife asking, like, do you do that, that funny math? You know, cause <laughs> that was right when Common Core was like coming out or was really controversial. Yeah. And they're like, no, no, we don't do, we do the same exact math they do in the public school. I'm like, oh, all right. Um, Not so really could, selling yourselves there. Yeah. Now, <laughs> uh, it was kind of funny. And like, you know, that just brought back memories because I didn't want religion to be another subject. Right which when the bell rings, you close the book and you move on to the next thing. And that's what I think, it, just a side note on our Catholic schooling and the state of the church today, I think is why so many people leave the faith, because it's just a subject. And then you close the book and you move on. It's not real. It's just there. It's like some, a course you have to take. Right. Um, so we didn't know what we were going to do, and I'm trying to convince my wife to homeschool and she didn't really want to do it. So anyway, long story short, we found a classical education school, which is a, a, a ways away. Um, it was a long drive, um, but we decided to do it. And oh, initially, what's that? <laughs> I just scored again. The Flyers did? Yeah. I'm I lifted my head up. I didn't even see it. Yeah. Five, five was- minutes left. I wouldn't tip it. Well, that is the way you do it. Oh, did he score? Yeah, he did. He got it. He took a shot and the rebound. Like once again, the goalie thought he had it. Because I got Sitting it on my right phone. behind him. Oh, yeah, six five. Wow. It still says uh, Owen Tippett shot saved by James Reamer. Didn't update it. Yeah, you got the rebound. Well, barely a rebound. Just sitting behind him. Um, yeah, because I was actually I missed that because I was distracting myself because I was going to go on Twitter to. <laughs> <laughs> wow, pretty incredible. Uh, well, that'd be great if they win this in regulation. Well, anyway, I never had a doubt. <laughs> yeah, no, neither, yeah, neither did I. No, my 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 kids will be excited uh, when they wake up. But um, we decided to go to a school that's really far away. Um, but we lived in a giant school district landwise. So our, our kids got busing. We were on kind of the South end of the school Slappy. district. You, you jinxed it. The Red Wings just scored. Are you serious? Yes. Like a weird, bad angle. Was that like five seconds later? Pretty much. 30 seconds. Um, so anyway, we got busing to school, and that was great. But then we moved, and there's a story behind that. We only moved like two miles away, but it was out of the school district. So then we didn't get busing. Now we're driving to school, and it's about 25 miles away. And it's all kind of – it's not highway miles. They're not easy miles. 
So it's a lot of gas, and we have a van because we have a plenty of kids. So the gas is expensive, the tuition is expensive, and then on top of that, which by the way we said is fine, like we're willing to spend basically all our money to keep our kids in that environment to have the classical education and the Catholic classical education. Um, it was really important to us to do that. So, you know, I don't go on fancy vacations. I don't, um, you know, buy a whole lot of clothes. I mean, the clothes I'm wearing right now are probably, <laughs> probably 10 years old. Um, I, I sacrifice a lot of things on that end, but we think it's worth it for our, our kids to be educated this way because I see what the education system does to most people. And I don't want to put my kids in that situation for six hours a day or set, you know, whatever it is, if they're doing stuff after school. Um, so we thought it was worth it and we spent a lot of money to do it. Well, then recently there's been some changes. They hired a new president and they're trying to expand the school. And so by doing that, they, they're saying that some of the Catholicism is keeping people away. So we got to kind of tone it down a little bit and meet people where they are and, so once that happens, when you factor in all the costs, we thought, all right, we're doing it. We're homeschooling. So that was back in October. And um, since then, it's been about two months, a little over two months. Did a lot of research on different homeschool curriculums. We found um, a co-op that we like. We, we looked at a couple of them and my wife went to visit and talked to the people and knows the people who go there and has an idea of like, you know, how that works. It, she would be a much better interview because she's been doing more of the day-to-day -day stuff. Yeah. But how does a co-op work in this sense? Because it's like you hear, and I don't know how it works. Sure. So I'm asking for myself, but like, oh, we're homeschooling. And it's like, oh, but we found a co-op that we're in. A so. Well, all right. So this is another thing, right? I mean, we haven't actually started in it yet. I mean, we've been accepted in it and we're going to start um, after Christmas will be our first time going. But did visit, did talk to a lot of the parents there. And so um, you'll find, at least I, we have found, a lot of homeschoolers are teachers, former teachers, uh, a lot of them are, um, or professionals who, uh, women who stop working to, to, to take care of the kids. And so we have, and, and also the co-op can go out and hire teachers. Cause I, I, you know, we've, we've heard them talk about that. They're trying to hire so-and-so to do this. And so our co-op meets once a week. And they, they rent space and there's they have bring in teachers to teach different courses and they offer different courses throughout the year. Um, and it kind of goes in semesters. So, you know, one of the one of the classes they taught in the first semester won't be in the second one because that woman's going, you know, doing something else. But um, but there's there's courses and there's other kids there. There's other families and um so they do that once a week, and that kind of gives them another voice to hear from, I guess, instead of hearing from your parents all the time, and okay. uh, gives them something to work on. Uh, they all have the same curriculum in, in our co-op, and I think that's 
pretty much the same. Like this co-op uses this curriculum or this one uses that. So is, is the co-op coursework kind of more specialty stuff? Or it could can it be, be anything? It can be, but not necessarily um, because okay. they'll do like math in there. And um, it, with the classical education, there's a whole lot of uh, language arts, reading, mm-hmm. poetry, the classics. Uh, a lot of writing and so they'll they'll have people uh you know maybe you'll read a book and have a class on that book or whatever you know what i mean yeah so you're you're doing stuff throughout the week and then coming back to the class and asking questions and working with other kids doing things um and they also plan different trips and other activities and other things you can you can learn and they're you know the homeschool community um you know, word, word passes around. So there's there's homeschool day here, or you know, there's a homeschool day at the mechanic, and the kids can go and you know hang out with a mechanic for a day and see how a car engine is built or something like that. Hmm. They have all kinds of stuff like that. I saw one for carpentry, and um, you could do different courses, learn different skills while you're still a kid, essentially. Um, so. Do they break the co-op up by like age group or stuff? And then also like how many, how many kind kids of. are in the Yes, in the it is broken up by age, but it's not like – so like my two oldest kids will be together. Um, okay. So it's kind of like every three years or something like that. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'll have more. I mean, and I guess every co-op could be different. Mm-hmm. It was just the one we're doing. Um, how many kids are in it or families, do you know? So our co-op is relatively small. There's only eight families. Okay. But all of like, we also have a relatively small family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so there's like 64, uh, kids in it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So there's plenty, plenty of kids. Um, no, I do know one of the, one of the families only has three kids. We have five. There's some eights. There's a 10. So there's, you know, there's plenty of kids, but not so huge, which is what we liked about the school we went to. Like my, my son had eight kids in his class. And uh, yeah, so you have a lot more freedom to kind of move ahead or do whatever you need to do. And that's the nice thing with the co-op is you kind of do your work during the week. And then you go in and you get instruction. You can ask questions. You can see where you are. Make sure you understand everything you did. You kind of go at your pace. Instead of in schooling, where you kind of slow down to the lowest, lowest denominator. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so anyway, we're looking forward to it. It was a lot. It was a lot of work. Um, a lot of uh, reading about different co-ops, talking to different people. We had to write up an affidavit to give to the school district. Which, by the way, when you walk in the building, the school or <laughs> the school we had to go to the high school, giant seal for our township in all rainbow colors says all are welcome here yeah it's like greeting you right at the door it's like this is where you do not belong <laughs> yes <laughs> that's great um so what was the process like do you just like because you weren't you already weren't in the typical school system you were in the uh 
the classical thing. Obviously, that you know, I'm sure it's a registered school, and and, and yeah. they got to go through all that. So, what is the process of like I want to take my kids out of school and homeschool? It was way <clears throat> way easier than I thought it was going to be. And I guess every state is probably different. They all have their own rules. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry, I got something in my throat if I sound funny. <clears throat> but um, uh, for for Pennsylvania, it wasn't really that tough. We basically told our school that we're pulling our kids. They said okay and kind of stopped tuition payments. Um and then we went to – we didn't have to like we, – we had to file an affidavit and prove prove my wife graduated high school. Um, and that's it. Like there is no – you don't have to get accepted. You oh, don't wow. Have to, we just – now you have to write up an affidavit and kind of like your plan on what you're going to teach kind of your curriculum, which these homeschool curriculums help with. Mm-hmm. And they can help you write it. They kind of give you sample ones. You have to get it notarized and then uh bring it over to the school district and hand it to them they don't they don't have to like i said they don't have they don't come and investigate you they don't make sure you're fit to do it as long as you hand it in and then prove you graduated high school you can do it now you have to have someone evaluate at the end of the year um you know, make sure, <laughs> make sure the kids are learning, I guess, is right. what, this, at least what they say. But that, which we haven't gone through yet, but talking to other people are like, oh, yeah, it's no problem. I mean, we're going to be teaching our kids. And, right. And they're going to probably, if they're like most homeschoolers, be doing just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and the homeschool community, like, has the evaluators. So actually, our mutual friend is an evaluator, <clears throat> and we can use whoever we want. So I can give her a call, and she can evaluate us. Nice. Yeah. So I guess it's a uh, it's it's by state though, because I know some states are, or at least from what I hear, make it a little bit more difficult. But yes. Um. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Well, I had no reason to know whether Pennsylvania was was easy or not. But that's good. It was. I would have thought it would have been a lot. I thought it was going to be a lot tougher. Yeah. And, um, like we got everything done, like I said this morning, uh, and like last week I'm starting to think like, I'm like, Hey, Mrs. Jones, we pulled our kids out of school. <laughs> like, are we sure yeah. we're able to do this? Cause if we can't homeschool, like we gotta, I don't know, go back and get them back in the school. I don't know. We're not sending them to, to public school. Like, what are we going to do? Right. What if we don't get accepted? And like, no, it's not a problem. It's not a problem at all. You don't even need to be accepted. You just have to tell them you're doing it. Nice. Um, but they don't refund your taxes. Of course so, not. That's a shame. Still got to pay for the public school. But anyway, <laughs> we're excited for the journey. We think it's going to be fun. Um, I know it's going to be challenging. It's, you know, especially never having done it before and our youngest is one year old so he needs some attention right um the other four really three but the the last i have a four and a half year old so he likes to uh, yeah he's an in school now so when he's at home he's kind of doing homeschool anyway we have books for him he's doing you know learning math and is learning how to write and all that stuff so we're going to continue that with him. So it's kind of it's kind of like we're homeschooling 
for, for going from zero to four with a one-year-old. So it's going to be a bit of a challenge. Yeah. I don't, we don't expect it's all going to be sunshine and rainbows and happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it'll be worth it. And, yeah. and we know we're going to make mistakes. We don't think it's perfect. But we do have a great homeschool community uh, through our church and just through some friends we have. And uh, so we got a lot of support. We got a lot of uh, encouragement. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what we're focused on. And once we made the decision, because we loved the school we went to, it was really heartbreaking when these changes were made. Um, a lot of great families there. But once we decided to do it, there was no looking back. You know, it's like this is where our focus is, this is where we're going. This is what we're doing. And um, I think that's the way to do it. If you keep looking looking in the rear view, it, it makes it a little tougher. Yeah. Um, so what are your uh, – how do your kids reacted to be like, hey, you're uh, not going to school anymore? Yeah. So, I mean, you never know. I, I, I mean, I can tell you what they did. I don't know what they – yeah, we think we have a good relationship with our kids, but I was a kid before and I didn't always tell my parents things. Um, they all were happy about it. They're mm-hmm. all excited about it. Um, in fact, today, they all wanted to start their work. They were kind of happy to – like it's kind of a neat thing. It's a different change. I think it, when we told them we're homeschooling, they probably thought it was the weekend every day. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> So, so I made sure to tell them you're going to be doing more work than you do at school. Like, let's get focused. Let's get our stuff done. Let's be responsible. Yeah, so like we, when, we've been kind of hammering that home to them. Like when uh, Cartman got homeschooled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, that's what they thought homeschool was. Yeah. Um, I think, but. Um, you know, and so I, I tried to like pull out of them if they're being sincere. I'd be like, yeah, what, what are you going to miss about school? And, you know, of course they say, I'm going to miss my friend. They name some of their friends they're going to miss. I was like, well, you still be friends with, you're not going to see them as much, but I know their dad, you know, we're, we're still going to be friends. We're still going to see them. And they're, they're excited to get started. And they know some of the kids in the co-op just from, uh, from church. And well, and that's the other good thing too, about that co-op is that it gives them an opportunity to hang out with other kids not that they yes. wouldn't otherwise but it's just, you know well that's it, always the concern right so and it's funny when you start telling people you're homeschooling you get different reactions some people are like oh that's awesome that is so that's the best thing you can do you're going to love it you know they they tell you it's going to be tough but you're it's, it's going to be worth it oh man i wish i was doing that i wish i could go back in time and do that we've gotten that a couple times but then you also get the people who are like think you just said you're going to sell your kids to someone else like right they can't believe it it's well, like funny the like the, the kids get the kids get the summer off yeah so like obviously you know well they made friends in school it's like well, okay well there's there's other activities kids make friends and if they're not there every day so. well that is, that is one of i think just the biggest myths about homeschools that your kids don't get socialized I think well, they do I mean, more the, socialization in homeschool than they would in school. Well, it's – I think it's – Tom Wood says it, but it's – a lot of people say it. It's like, all right, so your kids – do you really think that the best place for your kid to get socialized is a public school? Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and just – I say that not just theoretically better socialization, but – and I know people homeschool for all different reasons, and you, you – one of the reasons could be that, you know, your kid doesn't get along with anyone. He can't, 
handle school and maybe socially awkward and i that that's a reason to homeschool um but i don't think that's the majority of cases and so if you grew up in the 80s or 90s maybe the homeschool kid you knew was a little strange the homeschool kids that i meet that i see are so polite they're well spoken they're not afraid of adults they know how to communicate with adults they're not staring at their phone all day they know how to dress themselves they're just really impressive kids uh in my experience and um that's not a small sample i mean i know a ton of homeschool families now it's way more common today than it was 20 30 years ago uh but you know the boomer generation still thinks of the homeschool as the weirdos so we get a lot of that reaction like are you sure that's you're crazy you gotta you gotta look at these other schools you gotta you gotta do something i understand that you know you don't want to keep your kids in that other school but you gotta you can't do it on your own they think i think a lot of people think that homeschool is taking the school day and putting it in your living room where you're standing in front of a chalkboard and lecturing for 40 minutes on a class and and that's just not the case well i just think about my career in school especially in like grade school and stuff it's you've got one teacher who's 25 years old and 30 kids in the room with you and the teacher will like do some lecturing and stuff and like general teaching but like you know they have to they have to do it in a way that you know everyone's gonna get it we didn't have like my grade school was everyone we didn't separate it by like intelligence or like abilities or anything so the class is in the class and i'd be done my work in five minutes and sit there for 25 minutes right and and you basically have to teach to the majority of some like middle big chunk in the middle i guess i'll say yes and so otherwise like the the teacher's got to spend some time with the kids that aren't getting it. But otherwise, if you're like a bright, somewhat bright kid, I mean, you're the teacher goes through whatever they're teaching. Like they say it first time, like, OK, I get it. And then the rest of the time, you're just like bored. It's boring. I was so, very bored at school. Right. So if you're able to just like. Optimize <laughs> that time. Yeah. One, you know, you're maybe your, your day is is spent with less time doing actual like classwork schoolwork stuff for lack of a better term and more into like interesting things or the kid can just like be a kid more. Uh, and then also obviously you're just able to fill their time better. Yeah. Do meaningful things. I mean, some of the, the families we met and like, like I'm saying, we're like brand new to this. Right. But um, a couple of little girls, I think the, I think she's 11 years old, the oldest, like, I think they're like 11 and nine was the two of them but they they formed an llc and they're selling um uh stuff they they make it from stuff they they grow at home um they do like uh, lip balms and hand lotions and stuff like that and and sell them so we bought some from them to give to you know gifts to different different people we know um yep really good stuff but these are like what these kids get to do all day they get to mm-hmm. start a business yeah now, i'm not awesome. saying these these little girls are, are millionaires but they're getting real experience and filling orders and and marketing and 
um, making sure that, like I said, filling order, making sure that they can deliver a product to their customer as an 11 year old. I mean, that's pretty cool. And you, it's really hard to do that when you're going to school and you're burnt out by the end of the day and all you want to do is play video games. Yeah. You know? um, so this gives us a lot of more freedom to do different things and interact with different people and take different courses that my kids are interested in, um, different experiences. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're excited. Nice. Um, yeah. And, and then the, I don't know, the other thing to add to that is if you're in a situation, maybe you're getting married or just have young kids and you're thinking there's no way I can afford that. Um, one, I'm, I mean, I'm not wealthy. Uh, we make it work. We sacrifice it every time, <laughs> you know, we get a little personal, but every, every time we found out we were having another baby, it was like, Oh, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Right. Um, and you just find a way you figure it out. You trust in God and you just, it just all works out. Yep. And, um, that's kind of how we're approaching homeschool like uh, we think it's the best um so anyway we'll update you on that how it's going what trouble we're having and the the positives and the negatives and try to be as uh honest as i can about it um because it, it's one of those things you know from our libertarian side and uh i think it's you know you would say it's pretty popular in the libertarian space Mm-hmm. It's certainly popular in um, certain Catholic circles, um, and so now we we're really doing it. Like we, we get to do it. It's something I've always wanted to do. Um, I think the transition going from a classical school to a classical homeschool should be easy. We're using very similar or the same textbooks that our school is using, so it's not like I'm going from public school to homeschooling. Right. Uh, so I think that'll make the transition a little easier, but, uh, we'll see how it goes. Nice. Um, yeah, that's all. I, I don't think I have any more questions. Um, I guess there's, a, there's, you know, some, only so much you can talk about since you haven't actually started yet, but yeah, that's awesome. Um, it's good to share. Hopefully, you know, we can convince some people to buy half cows and homeschool their kids. Yeah. And that's <laughs> how we save the world. Yep. Um, so unfortunate news, Flyers lost shootout. Salvage the point. Yeah. I'll take it. How'd they do in the shootout? Uh, two, nothing. Mm. That's a shame. Yeah. But, uh, all right. Well, I guess that's all we got. We, had a short episode last week, so we're a little bit longer this week. So yeah. Merry out. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah. To yes. Merry Christmas to everyone. Um, just noticing my computer is not plugged in. It is plugged as well. What's that? I had just noticed that my, my laptop was not plugged in. Oh, were your battery dying? No. Still not showing that it's. I don't know what's going on. It's fine. Um, not charging. Okay. Um. Anyway. Yeah. Merry Christmas to everyone. Um. And uh. Yeah, that's it. So thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Peace.